0: Coming up on the Sark Fighter Podcast, a little bit more about Sarcoidosis Awareness Month, and I'll share a personal story of why this is so important.
1: This is the Sark Fighter Podcast. Living with sarcoidosis and other rare diseases. Here's your host, John Carlin.
0: Hello and welcome. This is episode 33 of the Sark Fighter podcast, brought to you in part by a grant from Atire Pharma. I am your host, John Carlin. I am a Sark Fighter just like you. Remember, I do this podcast to offer my fellow Sark Fighters hope. And later on in 2021, the effectiveness of a new drug by Atire will come into clearer view as clinical trials evolved, and uh, I'm staying in touch with with the folks at Atire, and we'll let you know a little bit more about that. In fact, there is some news on that front. I have just received a news release that says that Atire, which is working on this candidate therapy for pulmonary SARC, which basically means sarcoidosis in the lungs called ATIR 1923, which I detailed in an earlier podcast. They've now put somebody from the Foundation for Sarcoidosis Research um, on their uh, advocate panel, on their board panel as a patient advisor. And it's a name you're going to recognize if you follow anything going on with this podcast or with or with uh, the Foundation for Sarcoidosis Research because it's Andrea Wilson who started the Foundation for Sarcoidosis Research a little over 20 years ago at her kitchen table with her husband, uh, her husband Redding. So this is uh, this is a wonderful development that we now have uh, Andrea uh, working as a patient advisor for the board of directors with Atire Pharma, which again is working on a very promising treatment. So let me go back to what we're talking about today. Remember, I do this podcast to offer you hope, and and there is that one little nugget I throw out there today. Uh, The official Sark Fighter song is called Zombie by Mark Steyer, who plays in a band called the White Hot Lizards in Alberta, Canada. And you can hear Mark's story because he's a Sark Fighter, and also the story behind the lyrics that he wrote in episode 12 And I tried to sprinkle those lyrics in here and there, and if you listen, it's kind of haunting because what he is telling, the story he is telling, is really in some way a version of what I've heard from every single patient I've interviewed here on the podcast now going on a little over a year. So uh, that's what the Sark Fighter podcast is all about. It's a place where we gather. So many people tell me they feel like they're all alone fighting this disease. They don't know anybody else who has it, but you can listen to this in the privacy of your own home or in your car, which is where I think a lot of people listen to podcasts on on your earbuds when you're out for a walk or working out. And uh, it's just a place where you can sort of commune with the uh, sarcoidosis community, and you know some of these people have some pretty hard stories to listen to. But again, I want the prevailing thing to be uh, that there is hope, and that we're raising awareness, and and we're we're creating this community that actually helping to create the community because so many other people are doing it as well, and and this podcast is just a part of that. But but I, I hope it is playing a pivotal role, and many of you have, have emailed me and you were nice enough to say that it was. So that's, that's what we're all here to talk about. If you are new to the disease and you're trying to figure out what you have, uh, you might want to consider listening to my interview with Dr. Simon Hart in Episode 2. If you want to know more about me, listen to Episode 1. If you want to know the backstory as to how the foundation for SARC research came into being, episode 11 with Andrea and Redding Wilson, whom I just mentioned, and uh, we'll get into today's discussion in uh, just a, a little bit. In fact, I want to talk more about Sarcoidosis Awareness Month and all the things going on because it is April. And as I'm recording this, uh, tomorrow, April 13th, is World Sarcoidosis Awareness Day, uh, even though the whole month is Sarcoidosis Awareness Month. But um, if you've been listening, uh, this comes back to as something that happened to me today day that I want to share with you. And it's a little bit personal. I really debated whether I wanted to put this out there. And I think that uh, I think that I will because it'll serve the greater good. And and I've been very upfront and kind of bared my soul and other people have come on and and I, I don't feel like I can ask them to do that. If I'm not willing to do it, And I I still don't know if this is is going to result in me having a further diagnosis of sarc or something else. But that's almost that's truly not the point of the story. So very quickly, I have neurosarcoidosis. I was diagnosed after a biopsy in 2016. Um, I had it uh, in all of 2015. I'm sure because we were chasing the symptoms. I probably had it much longer. And then in 2018, I had a big flare up that caused me to be hospitalized, but since then it's been controlled as far as I know with a combination of drugs including Humera and uh, Imuran, also known as azathioprine. As and I take Humera once a week and I take Theoprene every day. Uh, but now four times this year, and I you know I'm a very active person. I, I hike uh, I work out at the YMCA and I'm back at that now since COVID has relaxed and I've had my shots and I, I ride my bike a lot. In fact, uh, I'm training, hoping to do a 100-mile bike ride later this year and part of that training yesterday was to ride 50 miles and I felt fine. I, you know, I was tired and all of that as anybody would be, but I didn't have anything related to, in my mind, sarcoidosis. So that's all a good thing, but four times this year, I have had blood in my urine, and uh, that is concerning. In fact, a friend of mine, my best my best friend, um, is recovering, and he's cancer-free, but he's recovering from bladder cancer, and he had blood in his urine, and he disregarded it for like three years. So I said, all right, I'm not going to do that. I went to see a urologist. They did a bunch of tests. They thought everything was fine, but then it happened one more time. So uh, the, the fourth time came after the last time. So I called the urologist back. She said, okay, well, the protocol now is that we'll do a CAT scan, and then we're going to schedule right in association with that a cystoscopy um, and so that all happened. The CAT scan happened late last week. Uh, it did show something suspicious in my bladder. So today I go in for the cystoscopy, um, which is where I'm just going to tell you guys they, they put a camera in a part of the male anatomy that is not designed to have a camera. It was not my favorite day of the year. <laughs> it was, In fact, it was awful even with the numbing solution, okay? I'm going to leave it at that. But before all of that happened, I sat down with a doctor who was a urologist, and I said, look, I have sarcoidosis. We talked for about 10 minutes. I told him how sarcoidosis mimics a lot of stuff, including cancer. After all, that's what happened to me back in 2016. I'd had a bunch of MRIs. They found a mass, on my spinal cord right in the back of my neck. So they went in to find out what it was. Nobody was looking for sarcoidosis. And so they go in and they do this little biopsy on my spine and it turned out to be a non-caseating granuloma or SARC. And I woke up from that surgery feeling way worse numbness and having way more loss of feeling from my chest down to my toes than i had ever had caused by the sarcoidosis itself so the bottom line is the procedure made it worse they nicked something they did something uh, and i'm and i'm not saying that maybe they didn't need that they didn't need to do that but something happened during that procedure and maybe just maybe if they were looking for sarc or if sarc was something that was on their radar they might have taken a different approach might not have done the biopsy at all i don't know i don't know how they would have known what it was just by looking at the MRI because uh, everybody who looked at it thought that it was uh, some sort of cancer or a tumor of benign, whatever. Something was on my spinal cord that shouldn't have been there. And I really wish that they had been thinking about sarcoidosis. So today I now have an image result on a CAT scan that says, hmm, something doesn't look right here could be a tumor. Now they're going to go in and they're going to look at it. And they're not operating on me. They're going in to look at it. So I said to the doctor, look, have you ever heard of sarcoidosis? Now, this is an experienced middle-aged doctor. I would say late 40s, early 50s, easy. He's done thousands of these. Never heard of sarcoidosis in the bladder. Never seen it. Can't say he's never heard of it, but he had, he had no familiarity with it. So I told him about everything I just told you. And um, I told him that, look, when you're in there, I know what you are expecting to see, because that's what you usually see. And you uh, you you are a doctor who goes in and looks for polyps or looks for cancer. And you've got a CAT scan that's telling you that's what to look for. And so when you see it, you're, I don't want you to see sarcoidosis, but believe you saw something else. I don't. I. I just want you to be aware of it. Will, will you humor me with this? And he said, oh, yes, of course. Of course I will. But he said, honestly, I've never seen it uh, in a patient. We've never had to treat it. I think it's extremely unlikely. And I was Googling around a lot. And, of course, it is extremely unlikely. But sarcoidosis is extremely unlikely. And I think it's something like 1% of sarcoidosis patients will see it in their bladder and yet I've had people on this very podcast who have it in uh, it's involved in many organs including their bladder so it's not unheard of to me so and and if you google sarcoidosis and bladder you get all kinds of hits and there's a lot of people who've talked about it on the Inspire thread, uh, And then I read some studies, and so there's a number of, a number of hits, and they always say, yes, it mimics cancer. So the doctor was skeptical. Uh, after the scan, he told me that it looked like the polyp that he saw which he did see and he was able to show it to me on the screen. so he's sitting there with this this camera up inside me and I'm wide awake and he's showing me, okay, here's the wall of your bladder and here's the here's the polyp and this is what we see all the time. Uh, I don't know exactly what it is, but it looks like what we see, which is normally a cancerous tumor, but also a very low risk camp, cancerous tumor and and something that is easily controlled no need for chemo, no need for radiation. He said, we'll go in, we'll take this thing out, and we're going to do it in a couple of weeks. We'll take this thing out, and you will be good to go, and we'll just keep an eye on things, and, and you should be fine. And he said he didn't know if it was a non-casein granuloma or if it was a you know something that was uh, cancerous, so to speak, or benign. But he said, no matter what it is, it's got to come out of there because you've had bleeding, and so we want to get your bladder back to normal. Okay. Um, so uh, the, the, the bottom line is is number one, don't worry about me because I think that, it, that I'm going to be fine. Regardless of what this is, I got to tell you, I would almost rather that it be a polyp or something that is a, quote unquote, tumor that they can remove and get rid of it. Because I don't want to go on prednisone again. And if it comes back, because they did do a snippet and they are going to test it. And if it comes back as sarcoidosis, then that would mean to me sarcoidosis is active in my body again. And I don't want that. Honestly, I, it's it's been controlled. I haven't had any additional issues with the one on my spinal cord. But I don't want to go back on prednisone and I don't want to re- invent my treatment regimen and start going through all that again. I'd rather go in, have this arthroscopic surgery, have them take this thing out and go on with my life, honestly. And if the doctor called me back and he said, guess what? You are right. It, uh, it is sarcoidosis. Never seen that before. Huh? And we're going to put you on 60 milligrams of prednisone immediately. And then I have to contact my doctors at the Cleveland Clinic and get everybody on board. And then I have to travel seven hours to Cleveland and blah, blah, blah. And, and so it goes. Which, you know, I, on the one hand, yeah, first world problems. I'm glad I have those, those answers. On the other hand, uh, I would rather that this thing just is something that they can take off and it goes away. All right. And then, and then, and then we know about it so we can keep an eye on it. So, uh, but the takeaway... The takeaway is that even in my experienced doctor that I had this morning, I just met him for the first time this morning. The takeaway is that he's not looking for sarcoidosis. He's not familiar with sarcoidosis. And uh, and he really wouldn't know what to do with sarcoidosis. Fortunately, I do. I have, I have, in my mind, the best doctors in the world at the Cleveland Clinic working with me. So um, we would just volley all of this up to Cleveland and figure out what to do next. Uh, but here I am on the eve of Sarcoidosis Awareness Day, where our job as advocates with FSR and as patients and as SARC fighters or SARC warriors whatever you want to call us, our job right now is to raise the roof and let everybody know about sarcoidosis. And so uh, I think it would be irresponsible of me not to, here on the eve of Awareness Day, to let everybody know about that and to tell everybody about all the different things happening this month uh, with respect to Sarcoidosis Awareness Month. And so uh, I'm going to do that here before we get through this podcast. In fact, this is a good time to tell you that last week I did have this bonus edition of the podcast with Trisha Shivas from the Foundation of Sarcoidosis Research, uh, and uh, I wanted to get that on as early in April as I could so you could get up to speed on Sarcoidosis Awareness Month, and Trisha did a great job laying it all out, and she is the person in many respects who is behind most of these initiatives. So if you are looking for uh, more on sark Awareness Month, I would say go ahead and just pause right now and go back and listen to last week's episode. Oh, 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 oh. I want to pick up though and tell you a little bit about the diet that I've been working on. If you've been listening, you know that I'm Doing something called the elimination diet which is where you take out all the potential things that can cause inflammation in your body that come from your diet and then you uh, figure out what's going on so how do you figure out what is causing inflammation if anything that's coming from the food you eat well Dietitians know that there are certain foods that, that create an inflammatory response in your body. Uh, a guy I know who, who, who works in a hospital but is not a doctor, but he is literally a nuclear physicist, says, look, everything causes inflammation at some level. Okay, take that for what it's worth. Uh, but there are those foods that are worse. And the biggest culprits tend to be dairy, gluten, and sugar. So I decided that I would go on this diet. I would take all of those things out. I would eliminate them, and then you you live that way for three weeks, twenty one days, and then gradually you start adding things back. So, uh, and I've talked about this uh, on the podcast here quite a lot. I have now added back like bananas. I've added back apples, uh, dates raisins, those types of things because they have a lot of sugar in them. And then actually just this morning, I added back eggs and I had a couple of strips of bacon. So far, so good. Uh, The question will be, does it disrupt my sleep? Does it make me feel irritable later on tonight or tomorrow morning? Who knows? Uh, But I haven't had like Dairy, dairy. I haven't had a big chunk of cheese yet. I've been eating a lot of salads, a lot of grass-fed beef, a lot of salmon, drinking a lot of kale smoothies. But but now the weather is getting better, the family's starting to get together. We're having outings. Uh, as I told you, I'm doing these bike rides, and you've got to fuel for a bike ride like that. So you you don't go out and ride for four hours on an empty stomach, or literally on a kale smoothie, even with a healthy dose of protein powder. So I've started putting things like bananas and so forth in there. And I do carry something called a Lara bar, L-A-R-A, Lara bar, which is an energy bar, but it's made with dates. So I still haven't had that big dose of sugar yet. Well, I take that back because I did have a slice of cake when life got complicated um, at a uh, at a birthday party last weekend. and And I think I detailed that. But Anyway, for the most part, I've been good. 95% good. How's that? And I'm slowly adding these things back in. And I got to admit that I walked right past a plate of cookies after the bike ride yesterday. Did not have one. Thank you. Plus factor for John, right? Uh, but man, did I want one of those chocolate chip cookies. It looked so good. But I didn't do it. Uh, and it, But if that means never having to have another flare, it it might be worth it. Uh, and, And overall, what you're doing is you're working to establish a healthy microbiome which is a fancy way of talking about all the bacteria in your gut. But that's where serotonin is generated. And serotonin is what governs your moods, literally your happiness. And if you get that under control, you could live a much happier life. You could be less prone to depression. You you could just be... Uh, approaching everything in a much more optimistic fashion, and and just, you know, things wouldn't rub you the wrong way as easily, which tends to happen with me, and then I get mad at people, and then I shut down, and it's, you know, it's just a vicious cycle. So if, if eating better can fix that, as well as the sarcoidosis, well, then so be it. So I've been coached by Lindsay Norenberg, who runs Nourish by Lindsay, and there's a link to Nourish by Lindsay in the show notes, and she got into eating a clean diet because of her husband, Sark fighter Ryan Nordenberg, had success battling Sark by taking uh, inflammatory foods out of his life. And he had very serious cardiac sarcoidosis. So she became a nutritionist. She's coaching me for free. I'll just put that out there. But I am her first client, so I've agreed to be the guinea pig. I'm the first person who is not a member of her family. But she is now open for business. She is accepting clients. And I've asked her to come on the podcast to take a deeper dive. And she will be coming on before the end of the month. It may be as soon as... The next podcast out. Well, it depends upon how things go with Sarcoidosis Awareness Month. But Lindsay will be on the podcast very soon. And she goes beyond best practices. Like I can tell you, yeah, don't eat gluten, don't eat sugar, don't eat dairy. She can tell you why. And she can tell you how. And she can tell you how all those things impact what's going on in your body. I can't. I, I could repeat back some of what she said. I'd probably get it wrong. But she makes it uh, very easy to understand and explains to you what's going on with those things and why they're bad for your body and why they can cause inflammation. And so I thought, rather than me do it, I'm talking about this diet all the time, I'll just have Lindsay come on. So that will be coming up. But coming up right after the break, we'll have more on how you can participate in Sarcoidosis Awareness Month and how to be on this podcast. Again, that's coming up. Just feeding and Hi, I hope you're enjoying the Sarc Fighter Podcast. You may be wondering, what can I do to help? How can I be a part of the sarcoidosis solution? It's simple. Make a donation to KISS. Kick in to stop sarcoidosis. of the money goes to the Foundation for Sarcoidosis Research. Look for a link in the show notes of the Sarc Fighter podcast. Alright everybody, welcome back and I want to talk about sarcoidosis awareness month which of course is april and it's got a lot going on and the foundation for sarcoidosis research is really pushing out in my mind uh what is a great agenda for SARC Awareness Month, and they've got some suggestions for how you can participate in the month, and and I just want to pass some of those on to you. First of all, they say join our community, and that's a great idea because you get an email, you, you get the monthly newsletter. And it tells you all the latest things going on with FSR research, educational support programs, and I will put a link on how to join the community in the in the show notes. But that's that's the first thing you need to do. The next thing you can do, which is super important, is to share your story. And that's what people have done here on the podcast. And I am now looking for some patients to help me round out my lineup for 2021. So contact me at carlinagency at gmail.com. And I need for some more people to come on and to share what's happened with you, your diagnosis, your misdiagnosis, how sarcoidosis is impacting your life. And so please contact me. The the email is in the show notes and we will talk. And if it uh, is something that uh, we agree. We'll will further the needs of the body of sarcoidosis patients at large, and I'll have you on the podcast. And believe me, that's a that's a pretty low threshold. I'm I'm trying to get as many voices out there as I can. But even if you don't want to be on the podcast, if that's intimidating for some reason, literally, it's if you have a computer, it's just a Zoom call, um, so it's very easy. But um, share your story on social media. Tell your friends and family that it's sarcoidosis awareness month, and in just a minute, I'm going to tell you how they've uh, they've made it really easy to uh, give you a visible way on your Facebook page to do that. But let people know so more people are aware, like the doctor that I just talked about about sarcoidosis. Then the other thing you can do: participate in the educational programs, and there's there's a whole lot of educational wellness, social engagement programs that uh, the foundation is putting out. Um, Of course, there's World Sarcoidosis Day, the celebration, and I'll have a link to that. But at 4 p.m. Central Time, there's an actual celebration, and you can click that link and participate in that. They're putting out something called Fostering Growth and Resilience, and that'll be Saturday, April 17th at 11 a.m. Central Time. Cooking and nutrition, there it is. There it is. So looking for those anti-inflammatory foods. There's going to be a class on that on Saturday, April 17th at 1 p.m. Central. Uh, There's a whole wellness series, Pain and Fatigue in People Living with Sarcoidosis. And that's what I hear from... Every single person that comes on the podcast. If it's not pain and fatigue, it is pain or fatigue. And, uh, you know, we've all suffered from some version of that. So you can click on that link for Saturday, April 24th. Uh, Memorial Monday Candlelight Vigil will be the 26th. And then coming up on uh the 27th at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. I want to let you know I'll be hosting a town hall on sarcoidosis in steroids because the number one treatment for sarcoidosis, as you may know, is prednisone. And prednisone tends to work, but it has terrible side effects. You've heard me parrot what I heard somebody else called prednisone uh, last year, the devil's tic-tacs. (laughs) it's it's kind of what they look like is tic tacs the little minty candies but and they make you feel better but son of a gun the side effects the big puffy moon face the weight gain the irritability so they're doing a whole seminar on that and i think i'm the poster boy for steroids i'll tell you what because i blew up like a hot air balloon i'll tell you what so that is something that i will uh, I'll be talking about with uh, our panel of experts, and that's coming up on april twenty seventh including Sanjay Shukla from atar pharma. so uh, and one of the things that that atar is trying to do is come up with a, a medicine that will spare you the use of those steroids. so maybe, Maybe we'll have a real good reason for hope, but I hope you'll join in with me on that. And that is Tuesday, April 27th at 11 a.m. There is something called the Steps for Sark Virtual Challenge. So that's going on all month. Basically, you go out and you walk uh, whatever amount of walking you want or plan to do. And you promised, just like you know, running a 5K and raising money, well, now it's a virtual challenge. And you can go out and walk. You can run if you want to, if you can. <laughs> uh, but go out and do some exercise for sarcoidosis. Post that on your social media. And then when you go through this Steps for Sark virtual challenge, which is on the FSR website, uh, they make it very easy. You go in, you sign up, you put your name up, and all of a sudden, boom, you've got access to graphics and anything you could want to post on Facebook or Instagram or your social media. And it even gives you a little thermometer. So if my, my goal, for instance, is $300 and I'm at about 250 so it shows you a thermometer, how close you are to your goal. And by the way, if you don't want to go through all that, I gladly will accept your money on behalf of of the Foundation for Sarcoidosis Research. And then once again, don't forget World Sarcoidosis Day. And there is a whole series of badges. I meant, I told you I would do this. So you can update your Facebook profile and what they have is a little circle that says, April is Sarcoidosis Awareness Month with the purple ribbon that we've all seen. And you just take whatever picture you have right now for your Facebook page and you add it to this. It's just a couple of clicks and boom you have something you can put on your Facebook page so every time somebody sees your Facebook profile picture it now has a little kind of colorful purple stamp on it that says April is Sarcoidosis Awareness Month and then the they have created social media graphics and there's what they're calling a social media toolkit And you just go to the FSR website, that's stopsarcoidosis.org slash awareness, and scroll down, and then there's a button that says Get the Toolkit, and it will give you all these nice little sort of pre-made graphics, and you just sort of add whatever you want to it, or you can just take them as they are. So one... Is a reminder that april is national sark awareness month another one has a picture behind that another one kind of shows the pictures i see from my fellow sark fighters on instagram kind of a a nice picture with a woman walking on a dirt road and and it tells you that uh, about the awareness month and says to learn more and get involved StopSarcoidosis.org. Um, so there's all these different different things that you can put out there. And it just makes it really easy. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel and you don't have to just put a post up that looks like regular text reminding people it's Sarcoidosis Awareness Day or month. There's also a merch store. There's mugs, hats, T-shirts, masks. Did I say masks? Uh, so you can go to the Sark store and buy that. And then there's a virtual candlelight vigil. On Monday, April 26th from 5 to 6 Central Standard Time, and there's a special candle with the purple labeling on it. And you would like you would buy this candle. Of course, the proceeds go to uh, FSR, and you can purchase a candle and you visit the Sense of Adventure website, pre-order the candle uh, right away. And from what I understand, this candle does not have any scent. To it, because that's something that triggers uh, sarcoidosis flare-ups in some people is the is the sense of smell. Uh, and then also there's something called the uh, Wasog Centers of Excellence, and the Cleveland Clinic is hosting um, an understanding of sarcoidosis WebEx on Tuesday, April thirteenth at five p.m., which is a free. Live online presentation. Sarcoidosis patients and their loved ones can register at ClevelandClinic.org/sarcoidosisawareness. All one word. I'll put that link in the show notes. Uh, then the Cleveland Clinic's Terminal Tower light up is Tuesday, April 13th. Terminal Tower will light up to purple to honor Sarcoidosis Awareness Day, and they'll have some photos of that. And there's just a whole lot more going on. And I, you can scroll down this page. Um, FSR on demand educational resources. There's the patient registry, which I have done. So you uh, you just go in and you register and you basically let doctors know and researchers by sharing your experience. It's about a 30 minute survey. And I went in and just, just put my name in it, filled it out, put it out there because science needs to know how many of us are affected and who's affected and and that's one of the ways they do it. So go to the FSR patient registry and do that. Uh, there's a sarcoidosis treatment guide, a PDF that you can download. There are support groups. There's uh, something called the Physician Finder. And man, I've, I've interviewed some people even in populated states like New Jersey who've had a hard time, especially in Southern New Jersey, finding a doctor that specializes in sarcoidosis. Um, so that's one of the things that the foundation does. There is a, a wonderful online support community where you can connect with literally over 45,000 sarcoidosis patients worldwide in a safe and anonymous forum. So, uh, And then there's all kinds of media. And I am just tickled to death that uh, when you go underneath media on the website that the Sark Fighter podcast has now been added to it. So uh, guess what? We qualify as media. And a year ago, uh, a little over a year ago, it was uh, February of 2020 when we launched this podcast. I had no idea that it would take off the way it has and that it would be something that uh, really has, has helped the Foundation for Sarcoidosis Research. And the foundation, in turn, has, has helped me find the right resources to bring you valuable Information. So that has really been super. So that's just a look at some of the things that are going on with Sarcoidosis Awareness Month. Now, again, no guest this week. I had a guest last week. I am looking to line up some more guests. So please email me, CarlinAgency at gmail.com. Remember, I am participating in the Steps for SARC campaign and I'm still under my $300 goal. So please, uh, you might want to stop by and make a donation if you don't want to just do that yourself. Follow The Sark Fighter with the word the in front of Sark Fighter on Instagram and Sark Fighter on Facebook. And uh, I do post as often as I can. You can follow along with my life, follow along with my guests, updates on the podcast, that sort of thing. And I'd so much appreciate your interest in this podcast. It helps me reach more people, and and uh, it will help me grow the show if you share it on your social media. And if you like it, if you like this podcast, if it's something you find helpful or valuable, if you would share it with just one person, I would really appreciate that. If you go to Apple Podcasts, you might want to give it a, a review. A five-star review would be super helpful. And... Uh, Anyway, I will let you know about the progress with my diet. We've got uh, Lindsey Norenberg coming up in a future podcast. And if you're interested in being on the show and you're a patient or maybe a caregiver, uh, but if you have something to say about sarcoidosis, then I want to, I want to hear from you for sure. Okay, that's all for this time. Until next time, keep fighting.
1: Just feedin' at stumble. easier to grieve if i had a breath to breathe i feel like a zombie just feeding at stumbling life it's not the why but the how that plagues my mind a new perspective appreciate what you've got with dead men walking in an instant it could be gone and i don't To be there too. And remember, there are friendly smiles, try hard to smile too. And wherever there is sunshine, don't let fear darken you. And whatever happens.